The Ewan Grant Podcast, the Limestone Coast Triple M. G'day, it's Ewan. Welcome to the Ewan Grant Podcast and welcome to everybody joining me on the Listener app. Today I'm going to catch up with Sandy Elliott. Sandy is from the in-home hospice care in Mount Gambia, and at the moment they are looking for volunteers. We're going to find out all the details. I'm going to catch up with Lynette Martin talking all about the fire in the Valley Lakes this week, and the member for Mount Gambia, Troy Bell, is going to join me, and we're going to talk politics in the lead-up to the election. We're only eight weeks away. Let's kick everything off. Sandy Elliott joins me to talk all about in-home hospice care in the Limestone Coast and their desperate need for volunteers. Sandy, g'day. Good morning, Ewan. Now, Sandy, first of all, in-home hospice care, tell me all about what you guys do. Okay, so in-home hospice care is a not-for-profit organisation which we um, have been able to establish with funding through the South Australian Government Department of Health and Wellbeing. So it is a free and confidential service providing people who are approaching end of life the option of compassionate and personalised care in their home environment. So virtually as volunteers going out into the home to support people of any age um, who are living with and affected by a terminal illness to enable them to end their life at home if they wish to do so and don't need any medical reason not to go into hospital, to be there in comfort surrounded by friends and family um, and to make the most um, of their end of life. You know, statistics show that um, there's about 90% of Australians that if they had the opportunity would prefer to die at home if they could, um, but currently only about you know, 15% do, to do so. You live your life well, you want to be able to end it well. Um, and that's what we're all about. So at the moment, you guys are looking for more volunteers and for funding in the Limestone Coast. How can people help in-home hospice care? The current volunteer cohort we have are all servicing clients. So virtually we can't take on any more clients at the moment because we're, the volunteers are already um, out there with them. Um, in particular, what we um, are looking for is male volunteers. So of the clients that we have, 75% are male, which we do not expect. Um, we do have some male volunteers, but um, you know they are now limited to how many people they can actually go and see. So if any men were interested, would be most you know would love to hear from them, and um, not restricting the women, of course, because we need them too. And from any background, like we have you know people that are tradies, that are that are hairdressers, that are ex nurses, that are art teachers, that are lecturers from university, from all walks of life. It doesn't matter. You've got two or three hours a week that you could spare to be a companion to someone to you know to make the end of their their um, days a lot more comfortable, a lot happier. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. We have a website at www.inhomehospicecare.org.au that um, has the application form on there that if you'd like to express interest, um, you can pop into our office or um, ring our office number on 87257448. Um, you know, we'd love to hear from you. Um, and yes, we'd love, you know, we, we're always looking for community donations. We will be setting up a QO. QR code system for donations. There's access on the website to put donations through, but also to um, lobby to the government for ongoing funding. We're very appreciative to receive the funding through the Palliative Care 2020 Grants Program to get set up, but we need to be able to continue. We have received a generous donation from Wise Employment to enable us to continue this service into, um, up until about June this year. Uh, but after that, um, yes, it's sort of 
all up in the air. So we are speaking with a number of um, different grant funders and charities to get some support to continue this program. So, um, yes, definitely looking for um, anybody that would like to do some fundraising. If people want to volunteer to be fundraisers, definitely would appreciate that as well. Hey, Sandy, it is great to talk about in-home hospice care. Thank you very much, Ewan. Sandy Elliott is the hospice manager of in-home hospice care here in Mount Gambia. It's time to talk of the fire at the Valley Lake and the man, Lynette Martin, joins me for a chat. Good morning, Lynette. Good morning, Ewan, and good morning, listeners. Lynette, when did you find out that there was a fire in the Valley Lakes? Early Wednesday morning. And it was, you know, hard to believe, of course. And, um, you know, from that moment on, um, it was under the control of the emergency services and council's role there was to assist them um, at that point. So, and it is still under the control of the emergency services um, at this point in time. Lynette, have you, uh, have you taken a, a bit of a trip past and seen the devastation in the uh, the Valley Lakes, yes, I have, Ewan, and um, and you know, thanks to the amazing work of the emergency service personnel, they were able to confine it to the area that they have. And um, when you look around, we've got the Cooney Garden Cemetery, the Blue Lake Golf Club, Queen Elizabeth Caravan Park, and of course the residents living in the vicinity. And to think that there is no loss of life and loss of property. I look, you know, hats off to the emergency service personnel. Their work is just amazing and, and um, you know, just so grateful um, for the work um, they have done. Lynette, it's, um, it's a, a, a poignant reminder as to why the council closed the Valley Lakes on a severe weather day. It certainly is, Ewan. Absolutely. You know, we're wonderful to have this. Uh, sorry, we're lucky to have this wonderful natural attraction so close to our city. But of course, you know, the last couple of days highlights um, what can happen, and um, you know, it is just a, a real reminder of that. And um, so, at the moment, the Valley Lakes area remains closed until further notice. And this does include Corinna Garden Cemetery, Potter's Point and the Valley Lakes Precinct and the associated walking trails. And we'll advise when, you know, this will change as soon as we can. And as I said, once the Valley Lakes is returned to the care and control of council, we'll be able to assess the area as part of the recovery process. And so, you know, please... Um, you know, no, no morning or afternoon walks in the area. Uh, those I know a lot of people love to do that, mm. but um, I have to ask them to choose a different route at the moment because whilst the fire is contained, it is still smouldering. Mm-hmm. And the MFS has asked members of the public to avoid the area. And also due to falling trees and branches and hot spots on the ground. Lynette, Council are, are famous for being uh, good planners. Uh, is there a plan in place for, for anything like this for the Valley Lake Precinct moving forward to, uh, to I suppose, regenerate the area? Has, has anybody at Council started talking about that? Yes, well, um, our management team have certainly started flagging, um, you know, the recovery process. And... Um, and of course, um, you know, we are looking at strategies um, for a, a master plan for that area. So um, 
fortunately, we're, we're talking about that at this point in time. Mm. So now um, things may have changed a little bit, but we'll just bring that into play as part of this this overall strategy. And are there any concerns about the water quality of the Valley Lake as a result of the fires? Well, the water quality of the Valley Lake, we are assessing at the moment anyway. Mm. Um, only, only last week we've had a couple of pontoons put there to assess the uh, quality of the water. Um, and so yeah, that, that's quite fortunate in a way too that that was in place. So we'll be able to monitor that. Lynette, it'll be great to catch up over the course of the coming weeks and talk about the plan for council for the Valley Lakes. Uh, for everybody who, who uses this beautiful area of our of our city on a regular basis, please stay clear of it at the moment. And, and again, a big shout out to everybody who helped to, uh, to bring that fire under control. Oh, absolutely. You know, on behalf of council and the community, I acknowledge and thank all the emergency services, groups, organisations, businesses and volunteers involved you know, in fighting that fire over the past two days. And you look at the difficult terrain that they're working in, the, the heat. Look, honestly, they're amazing people and we're just grateful. Hey, Lynette, we'll catch up soon for a chat. Thank you, Ewan. The Crater Lakes have been returned to the care and control of the city of Mount Gambia following the fire. It burnt about 50 hectares of grass, scrub and vegetation. And uh, the area remains closed at the moment until further notice to ensure public safety and to enable ongoing fire monitoring and for damage and hazard assessment to begin by the City Council. Now, the election is only about eight weeks away for the state government. And after Peter Malinowski's visit to the Limestone Coast, I thought I should catch up with Troy Bell, the member for Mount Gambia. Good morning, Troy. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, listeners. Hey, Troy, Peter Malinowski's was in the Limestone Coast on Friday. I got to catch up with him. He mm. has pledged a bucket load of money for health services in the Limestone Coast. Is this a good thing? It's a very good thing. Uh, finally, Mount Gambia is being recognised by uh, the major parties as an important part of the state. Um, I think we're crazy if we uh, don't at least listen and uh, see what's on offer. Uh, $52.7 million for, for health. Um, you know, it goes some way to uh, addressing the needs. And all of this is uh, pretty much in the uh, future Mount Gambia and district document that I put together some six months ago to really provide a roadmap for investment in our region. Now, that, that was a $100 million um, document, and uh, this goes some way to addressing that. Um, what I'm excited by is, uh, is seeing what uh, Stephen Marshall and the Liberal Party uh, come to the table with. Uh, but the, you know, the... The bar's been set, and I'm, I'm very hopeful that uh, the Liberals, um, you know, come with some funding commitments. Um, again, uh, the future Mount Gambian District document provides the roadmap to, uh, uh, you know, guide some of those investments. And, and that document was a lot of work that uh, went in with consulting with people and, and making sure that, uh, you know, there's not a, a wasted investment, that it is strategic. Um, and it's what our community needs. And I guess the important part out of, uh, uh, you know, the, the announcement that was made last week is the drug and alcohol um, investment, the mental health investment, our emergency department at the hospital. Um, and one that I'm really pleased at is the uh, ambulance, $7.8 for uh, um, our ambulance. 
Uh, a number of people have come and seen me over the last probably three years saying that uh, the ambulance service is, is at breaking point. Uh, they, they stretch very thin. Sometimes they, they have trouble covering um, you know, shifts and, and things like that. So that that investment out of out of all of them is quite significant and one that I'm uh, very pleased uh, has been made. Like I said, now now the uh, the challenge is to Stephen Marshall and uh, the Liberal Party to uh, come and put put their offers on the on the table. So the community in the units it's about eight weeks till the election. So uh, wow. you know people people need time to um, you know. Um, weigh these things up and then choose who they're going to vote for. So um, the clock's ticking and, um, and they need to get their skates on. And, Troy, with these uh, these promises, these election promises, I mean, w- what sort of pressure does that put you under as an independent in Mount Gambia as we come up to an election? Oh, it's a fantastic position to be in, Ewan. And, uh, listen, my, my only motivation is to negotiate the best deal that I can for our community. Um if we if we've got serious offers on the on the table, uh, there's a lot of people who who you know won't vote Labor, and that that's fine. Um, uh, they've got the option of of voting for an independent. There's there's a lot that that would like to vote for Labor, and this is giving them um, some reason to do that. And again, there's a number of people who um, you know are a bit despondent with the lack of care and attention that's that's been given to us by um, the Liberal Party. And again, they can vote independent or they can vote for the Liberal candidate. So I think this is democracy in action, Ewan, and and I honestly believe it's a fantastic outcome for our community. You know, my grandparents live here or lived here um, before they passed away. Mum and Dad live here. My kids live here. My family live here. Uh, I just want to see what's best for our community going forward. And we do live in one of the best parts of the country. Absolutely. Yeah. It gets a little bit hot at uh, this time of year. It's only because we're not uh, used to it. <laughs> that's exactly right. 35 today, I think. Yeah. So, uh, the, the house will be closed up and uh, uh, before we head off to work. So, no, I, I agree, mate. Uh, you know, I can't think of anywhere else in the world I'd rather raise my family. And uh, uh, like I said, eight weeks to go. Um, I, I just think it's, it's fantastic that uh, people are, well, the, both major parties are actually looking at Mount Gambia seriously, and uh, you know if it's a if it's a one sided argument, it, it's hard to attract these type of commitments. So um, we we're in a really good position, and uh, there, there's got to be more to come. Um, like I said, the future Mount Gambia and district document is a hundred million dollars. Uh, that's what I'm looking for um, by the time the election comes around. That's it for today's podcast. I'll be back on Tuesday for everything Limestone Coast. Don't forget to catch up with everything happening across the Limestone Coast. Make sure you look out for the Mount Gambia local guide on Listener. You can catch up with me live on the radio, 6am weekday mornings on the Limestone Coast, 963 triple M.